Hello and welcome to another installment of the Lancet Global Health Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today we'll be discussing diet. Insofar, they'll be looking at a paper titled Dietary Quality Among Men and Women in 187 Countries in 1990 and 2010. To walk us through the paper, I am joined on the line by Dr. Dariush Mazafarian. Hello, Dariush. Hello, Nikolai. Great to be here for Lancet Global Health. Pleasure to have you on board for the podcast. Could you begin by explaining what gaps in the global dietary knowledge base you were aiming to fill with this study? Well, you know, we're all concerned about diets and trends over time. And remarkably, there hasn't been really much data or evidence available on this. Most of the prior studies have utilized evidence on kind of overall food availability within a country. And so we focused on actual intakes. What are people actually reporting that they're eating in countries around the world? And that allows us to really, you know, hone down on, on what people are actually putting into their bodies. We also focused on foods and nutrients for chronic disease as opposed to malnutrition. And many prior global analyses were more worried about deficiency diseases and malnutrition. But we know about, you know, pandemics of obesity and cardiovascular diseases and cancers. And so we were looking really at dietary factors related to those things. And so, you know, focusing on intakes and kind of these key foods and nutrients for chronic disease. And we were also able to look at differences by age and sex within countries, which hasn't been done before across multiple countries. Again, because prior analyses mostly just had overall country availability of food rather than actually intake reported by individuals. So we really wanted to find out what people are eating around the world. How does this differ by age, by sex, by country income, by world region, and how is this changing over time? Thanks. I'm interested to know what sources of data you used for your analysis and what the overall quality or reliability of that data was. So we compiled over several years as part of the Global Burden of Diseases study, all of the available national and subnational surveys on dietary intakes in adults that we could find. And ultimately, we identified and received data from 325 dietary surveys from around the world, uh, most of which were nationally representative. And since these were mostly from many of the larger countries of the world with multiple surveys in many countries, um, we actually overall had 89% of the global adult population represented by these individual-based surveys. Of course, we didn't have full data available for every country, and for some dietary factors, we had much less data available. So we supplemented the individual survey data with what had been previously available and was used for prior analyses, which was the food and agriculture cultural organizations' food disappearance data. And then we also use some industry data that was global for things like trans fats. And so by combining the food and agricultural organization disappearance data, which is kind of food availability data around the world, with these individual level dietary surveys, we came up with the best possible global dietary database that one could assess. And so I think that, you know, as with anything that you measure globally, whether it's blood pressure or whether it's cardiovascular disease or cancers, you know, the data are not perfect. But this is really the world's best current available data on intakes, combining and using information from all available sources. Overall, you find that over the past two decades, although consumption of healthy foods such as fruit, vegetables, and fish has increased worldwide, consumptions of unhealthy foods such as sugary drinks, processed meat, and salt has increased even further. Can you comment on why this might be the case and give a brief summary of the global disparities in these types of dietary pattern? 
Yeah, well, one of the most interesting things we found was that assessing diets like this across the world, it makes quite a difference whether you look at healthy foods people are eating or unhealthy foods people are eating. And typically, those things tend to be blurred. So you say, let's look at somebody's overall diet or a country's overall diet and kind of add up the healthy and add up the unhealthy and kind of put it together. But we found actually that both within countries, changes over time within neighboring countries, looking by country income, that it was very important to separate this out. And I'll explain why. So healthy overall in the world, there actually people are starting to consume more healthy foods between 1990 and 2010. And that's probably related to increased production, increased availability, increased awareness about the importance of healthier foods, increased seasonal availability of things like fruits and vegetables. But this was very different by country income. And so the high-income countries and middle-income countries had significantly increased their intakes of healthful foods. But the lowest-income countries, the low-income countries have not at all. So there's a real disparity there. And then the other interesting thing is, you know, the intakes of unhealthy foods, which is where most of the global focus has been for preventing chronic disease, things like saturated fat, meats, uh, sugar-sweetened beverages, sodium, uh, and so forth. That's gotten worse over time. And so while diets have gotten better in some regions in terms of more healthy foods, in many of those same regions, especially in middle-income countries, they have had profound increases in unhealthy foods. And so unfortunately for many countries, those increases in unhealthy foods are outpacing the increases in healthy foods. And that's quite a problem. And so separating it out like this by healthy versus unhealthy lets us see differing trends across countries. And it really provides insights into differing priorities for any individual country. So why is it even important to separate out the healthy and unhealthy dietary patterns? Don't they almost cancel each other out to an extent? Well, if they did, that would be terrible, right? Because we don't want them to cancel each other out. We want people to eat more healthy foods and less unhealthy foods. And so if there is a country where they're canceling each other out, just knowing that is very important because, you know, you're basically spinning in place if you're increasing your healthy foods and simultaneously increasing your unhealthy foods, right? That's a, a bad thing to do. But, you know, what was quite remarkable is across countries, the correlation between the changes in these things was almost zero. So countries are independently altering because of changes in production, changes changes in marketing, changes in industrialization, they're relatively independently altering their intakes of healthy versus unhealthy foods. And as one example, India, you know, one of the largest countries in the world, they actually do pretty well. They rank 23 out of 187 nations in terms of lower intake of unhealthy foods. So if you look at, you know, sugar-sweetened beverages, meat, saturated fat, salt, trans fat, dietary cholesterol, India is doing pretty well, 23 out of 187. But if you look at their intakes of healthy foods, fruits, vegetables, fish, nuts, beans, healthy vegetable oils, and so forth, they rank 149 out of 187, almost at the bottom of the world. And so for India, the major priority for the next decade should be increasing the intakes of healthy foods. You know, of course, politicians and policymakers should focus on reducing or preventing the increase in unhealthy foods, but their major problem is insufficient healthy foods. And so that's very, very informative. And so I think that's one example. Even neighboring countries like Argentina and Brazil, we found differences in their intakes of healthy versus unhealthy foods foods that would be masked. And so I think that's kind of one key message we need to think about both from a scientific perspective and a policy perspective when we think about diets around the world is most of the focus from the World Health Organization and the United Nations and, and governments has been on, you know, reducing fat or saturated fat or salt. Now there's a, a new focus on sugars and sugar-sweet beverages. It's fine to do those things. And it's not that we shouldn't do those things, but there hasn't been nearly enough focus on increasing healthy foods. And that's what's missing from many countries 
countries, in particular middle-income countries and low-income countries. Thanks, Darish. That leads me nicely onto my final question. What do you think are the policy implications of your findings? Well, as we discussed, you know, first, countries need to know what the people are eating in their country. And so some countries didn't have excellent dietary information. And so I think every country should make it a priority to survey their population and understand what they're eating and how this is changing over time. By 2020, 75% of all deaths and 60% of all morbidity will be due to chronic diseases. And a large proportion of that will be due to diet. So this is the single leading cause of poor health in the world today. And so we really need to understand what people are eating and how this is changing over time. And then when countries do assess this, they really need to separately think about targets for increasing healthy foods and targets for decreasing unhealthy foods. Because if you try to look at diet altogether, you'll be misled. You might think you're doing very well or you might think you're doing poorly. So I think there's you know pretty enormous implications for thinking about agriculture, production, availability. How do we increase healthy foods around the world? Not just calories, because we don't want to provide calories and prevent calorie malnutrition and then just have epidemics of chronic disease, but increase healthy foods as part of those calories. Simultaneously, while we're focusing on the countries, especially Western countries, that need to decrease the intakes of unhealthy foods and really prevent the rapid explosion in those unhealthy foods in middle-income countries. So we know that chronic disease is a priority now for the United Nations and, and the world, and a diet is really the place to start. Professor Daryesh Mazafarian, thank you for speaking with me on the Lancet Global Health Podcast. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be with you.